Okay, we got tyranny uh, uh, pouring into all our, our um, <laughs> human orifices from every direction, including new ones created by the hypodermic needle, right? Injecting us with all kinds of poisons. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I want to draw your attention to the show that Doc Waterman and I did last night on Restoration Hour. We analyzed the COVID nightmare from all angles, all the stuff, all the poisons that they're pumping into you. And uh, we talked about prions and uh, all kinds of uh, like stuff like spike proteins and magnetic meat, <laughs> right? All And how they're literally curdling up your blood. This is a blood-curdling experience, folks. So you don't want to miss that show, uh, Restoration Hour. It's up on the archives already. And uh, we, we, and then at toward the end, uh, Doc Waterman gives his advice to people on what vitamins to take and how to protect yourself against what is coming because it is going to get worse. Oh yeah, and let me just let me just um, point out one thing that he said: very, very, very important. Do, if you're if you're taking a shot or any vaccine from from what I'm uh, concerning about. Do not have an MRI because they're putting iron in this shot. It's coagulating your blood, and he's concerned that uh, he, he talks about his own personal experience going into an MRI because it's a magnetic resonance imaging machine, and you you may be torn literally torn apart. Your if there's enough iron pumped into your body by these shots, it may literally tear you apart. So be careful. Uh, and don't uh, if you've gotten a shot, don't go into an MRI machine. There are other types of imaging uh, you can use if you absolutely need it. All right. So today we're going to be talking about William Cameron and his book, The Covenant People, which in my opinion is what started the Christian identity movement. Actually, it was started by Henry Ford's book, The uh, International Jew. But most of that was edited by William John Cameron as well. So we can say, and Cameron went on to be a speaker, if not pastor, to various congregations until he died in 1955. So again, William Cameron is one of the most important figures in Christian identity. And we're going to be talking about him and his book, The Covenant People. So with that intro, welcome Michael in Sweden. I understand. Thank you very much. Yeah, and very interesting introduction you had that, that you, you, you and John uh, John Waterman had lost. I will for sure download that show and listen to it. That's very interesting. All your points and um, so that's definitely something worth to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for example, he went into an MRI machine and had uh, metal uh, metallic <laughs> uh, inserts in his shoes, and he didn't realize it. And then while when they had been turned the machine on, his feet got lifted up by the machine, and the guy said, "Stop lifting up your feet! You're messing up the imaging." I said, "I'm not. I'm not, I'm not doing it. The machine is doing it, right?" So yeah, be careful what you wear and what's inside of you when you go into an MRI machine, folks. So in fact, you know, I've been advising everybody, and we talked about this last night as well. If you have to use allopathic medicine, do it as an absolute last resort, okay? In other words, stay away from MDs. 
Absolutely stay away from them, unless you, of course, you break a bone or have a, a big cut, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But even there, uh, naturalistic healers uh, have herbs that, that can heal wounds, uh, you know, much more quickly than any MD can. Okay, but sometimes you may need stitches. All right, so if you got a really deep wound. All right. Yeah, the allopathic medicine is, is, I would say, also they are good for trauma surgeons. You, you see, if yes. you are in a car accident, something like that, that's what they are very good at. But the other prevention, all the other, sorry, garbage, they are they are practically useless because they have only only heard the medical mafia, the Jewish medical mafia's story about viruses, about bacteria, about, yeah, they have yeah. all been, been pumped up the... Yeah, the, the information just to get out more money out of people because now the healthcare system is just a money-making machine as everything else. Yes, absolutely. The whole world has become a money-making machine for the Rothschilds and company, all right? And uh, I just have to bring up, uh, first of all, uh, let me put this link in the chat room here. This is a, a very brief biography of William Cameron. Oh, sorry, I'm a wrong wrong button. There it is. Okay, so the snacooperative.org, uh, and I will be at Freedom Palooza this year, uh, July third and fourth, and uh, I will be speaking about the Jew World Order, etc., uh, <laughs> etc. Et and uh, so I'm going to put a link in the chat room about Freedom Palooza if you would like to attend. It's uh, just south of Allentown, PA, uh, which and the site is a gun club that has a really nice grounds and uh, a big canopy in case it rains. So a very, a very nice site. And uh, in the past, it's gotten really hot in Pennsylvania in the daytime, but it, it cools off relatively well at night because you're up in the mountains. And uh, so you can sleep well at night if you're camping. So uh, just go ahead and, uh, you know, I'll put the link in and you can visit the, the, the site there. Of course, that's put on by Paul Topetti and Poker Face. Okay. So, and I hope to be broadcasting from there too, because they do have wireless hooked up and uh, they'll be broadcasting the whole thing on uh, probably on PokerFace.com or uh, the, um, you know, the, the Freedom Palooza site. So we'll get all that worked out uh, when I'm uh, ready to go there, okay? So anyway, we're going to start with uh, this brief biography of William John Cameron, uh, 1879 to 1995, if you will narrate for us, Michael, please. Yes, for sure. So this is a biography of William John Cameron was born in Hamilton, Ontario, in Canada, on December 29th. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt already, <laughs> but Hamilton, Ontario, is actually not far, uh, not far from Detroit, you know, Dearborn, Michigan, maybe I don't know, 60 miles at the most, something like that. But it is uh, a really quaint. It's got nothing but European architecture. If you go to Hamilton, Ontario and drive down the main street, you will think you're in Sweden or, uh, or Frankfurt or Berlin or Paris. It, the architecture is absolutely stunning. And the culture there is still very much European. It, you know, like, it's a time warp back to Europe. Uh, so if you ever have a chance to go to Hamilton, Ontario – Probably maybe after COVID <laughs> and all the travel restrictions, uh, it's a really beautiful place to visit. Back to you. 
Ah, thank you. I mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guess it's very close then to. It's very close then to Detroit. So he yeah, has well, to go down to um, Dearborn. It's closer to Niagara Falls, which is also pretty stunning. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, eighteen. Oh, at the age of nine, his family moved to Detroit, Michigan. Um, in 1904, he became a reporter and staff writer for the Detroit News. Cameron left the Detroit News in 1918 and joined the staff of the new Ford-sponsored weekly newspaper, the Dearborn Independent. And in 1920, he became editor. Meanwhile, Cameron started assuming public relations tasks for Henry Ford. Cameron never had an official job title at Ford Motor Company. He performed public relations duties, but there was no public relations department. Between 1934 and 1942, uh, Ford Motor Company sponsored the Ford Sunday Evening Hour radio program featuring the Detroit um, Symphony Orchestra Hmm. and an intermission um, commentary by Cameron. Uh, wow. Okay. So he was a radio personality. I never knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess the official policy, if anybody asked Henry Ford about William Cameron, his response would be, "I don't know him." Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. He's a okay, bit. Okay. Uh... Right. So they, well, they were keeping it hushed up. Why? Well, they had enough trouble from the Jews, as it was. Right. So uh, they were just was uh, laying low for lack of a better expression. Back to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, after 1942, Cameron continued to be a spokesman for Ford Motor Company. He gave bi-weekly talks at um, Greenfield Village Chapel service and was in demand as public speaker. Um, Cameron retired from Ford Motor Company in 1946, moved to Oakland, California in 1952 and died in 1955. Okay, it's too bad he didn't move to uh, Pasadena because he probably would have run into Dr. Wesley Swift and Bertrand Compare. It's too bad he didn't move there. All right, back to you. Okay, then we have some final lines that says, mm, William Cameron was an executive member of the International Union of Mine, Mill and Smelter Working during the Pioneer Shrike of 1939 to 1940. Oh, okay. That would would make the Jews hate him even more. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he clashed clashed horns, locked horns with the the Jews on many occasions, folks. So that's typical of anybody who's in Christian identity. All right. So let's get to... Uh, The chat, uh, I mean, the uh, link is in the chat room, The Covenant People by William Cameron, and let's go for it. Yes, so I guess we just start off with the foreword. I don't read the introduction, the contents, or do you want me to read the contents as well? No, no, don't bother with the contents. Let's see, how do I navigate this this page? Uh, Okay, I'm clicking on the page, but it's not going anywhere. Maybe I scroll down. Okay, yeah, you have to scroll down. Yeah, okay. I can start up then with a foreword here. Yes, this very, is a, very interesting for me because I have not, I've not read this one before, so this is very exciting uh, to read this. Also said he is the, the forefather of, of the movement now. He is the one that started it up, I guess. 
Yes, absolutely. Okay, now to navigate this site, uh, because the type is very, very small, you will have to click on the plus sign at the very top line to increase the page. Unfortunately, every time you click the plus sign, it moves the text to the right, so you have to take the bar at the bottom and center the, the, the page, okay? So I'm, I'm increasing the size so I can read it, and if you need to do that, because uh, it's pretty small type. So, uh, but I've got a decent uh, size here, pretty much centered. The forward is a page, uh, italics page four. Over to you, Michael. Yes, and this the thing it starts up with is so important. Mm -hmm. The significance of race is gravely under-evaluated today. Yet, the Bible stresses the importance of maintaining um, purity of racial descent. Um, among old peoples. It does. It does. Nobody teaches that about the Bible today, at least in mainstream Judeo-Christianity. No, 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 no. <laughs> then they money. Oh, my. Okay. And so, an intermarriage between the people of God and other races were strictly forbidden. Amen. Amen. Yeah, here you have the, Amen. the most important yeah. of the Bible. Right. So, if you missed yeah. I believe this, for me, the very important. If you miss other stuff, but this is the yeah. the importance. Yes. Now, yes. Now, right here is a clean break between Christian identity and British Israel, because even though the British Israel movement has always touted the fact that the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, and Caucasian people are Israel, nevertheless, they teach that the Jews are Judah, and the Jews are the most mixed-race people on the face of the earth. So yeah. they would they would never really talk about race in this in these terms. Back to you. No, oh, and that is the key point. This mm -hmm. is the key point. Absolutely, it's key a, point. Yes. Yeah, it's, um, it's a, b the book of our genes. I would say the Bible. It's, there you uh, go. Yeah, yeah. Genesis should be type uh, uh, entitled genetics, not genesis. Yes, yeah, genetics of our our right. uh, dynamic people. It's amen it's where things started, and then it follows that bloodline. All the Amen. time, and now now we are here. So now we are keeping the the, the Bible is still, I guess, we are still in in that <laughs> in that process of writing it almost. Yes, yeah, and it's uh, you know it's the covenant people. I mean, uh, the uh, the Bible was written to, by, for, and about us. The uh, the the seed line of Adam through Yahshua and continuing forward throughout until the judgment day. And just read the book of Revelation. It's all about Israel. It's not about uh, all people. It just yeah, isn't, exactly. okay? Yeah, people miss it. They, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how they can miss it, because when you read it, it's <laughs> always about the Israelites. Israelites, Israelites, the Israelites. And, yeah. and I, I, can't, I can't understand how they how they miss that. Is it just because they only read the New Testament and then they haven't figured out the Old? I don't know, because that, they, always, they miss the point. Yeah, they just read excerpts created by the Jews. That's why. Yeah, okay, then mm -hmm. you read your Bible. Yeah, right, this. yeah. I don't need to read my Bible. The Jews told me what it means. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I guess they're the last one you should believe about the scriptures. Amen. Okay, sorry for digressing here. So, the scripture um, uh, tabulation of uh, pedigrees exhibits meticulous detail as the carefully recorded genealogical tables disclose. And that yeah. includes the New Testament, folks. The genealogical yes. tables. 
Yes, yes, read Jesus Christ, Yeshua's, uh, his bloodline is, is written in the, yeah. in, and now I forgot what, what of the book, but it's, you have it there. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, and, and people, I, Okay, I can. I have. Yeah, I know you. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> How can you miss it? Yeah, right. Okay, sorry. I I have to read now. Uh, yeah. The chapter of this um, uh, treatise, which deal with the people of the book, were originally lectures delivered at Dearborn Inn, Dearborn, Michigan, during the month of November and December in the year 1933. Um, Mr. William G. Cameron, author and lecturer, gave this series of talks for the purpose of calling attention to the place that race um, occupies in the divine plan. At that time, Mr. Cameron was president of the Anglo-Saxon Federation of America, with headquarters in Detroit, Michigan, and among the many in attendance at his lecture were professional and businessmen from the city of Detroit. Could that also have been Henry Ford? Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because he'd been this employed was... by Ford since the 1920s as editor of the Dearborn Independent. Yeah, so I'm sure friends of Ford and Ford himself would have been in attendance many times. Yes. Um, these lectures were eventually published in um, Destiny magazine for April 1938. But that... Um, special issue is now out of print. However, because of the demand for this material and in view of its value to those seeking fundamental information, the lecture has been carefully edited for republication in this book. Um, the convenient handbook is wholly concerned with the identity of the race of the book and its westward trek to the trek. appointed... Westward trek. Trekkers. Westward trekkers. Right. Place. That sounds like America. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, also Europe. Yeah. Yeah. We have the Isles North and West right. of Palestine. Exactly. There we have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the desolate um, heritages. Oh, how about the deserts of the American West? <laughs> and also South Africa. Okay. Oh, and Australia has lots of deserts too. Yes, and then I guess also our, maybe it wasn't many Adamite, but the one that traveled into India and became the Indo-Aryans, and in yeah. China, but much. I mean, if you all see when you when you read in the in the ancient Chinese histories, a lot of traces of us when you read history. Right, absolutely. It yeah, the the Ainu of Japan uh, were an exclusively white tribe. They still exist in the mountains of Japan, and of course the Uyghurs of Mongolia were uh, descended from Japheth. So there's a lot of uh, our people all over the planet, uh, and they have endeavored to remain separate and distinct from the people in their surroundings, but that didn't always work. Back to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the climax of its fashion historian is the final arrival of the uh, Manash branch of the people of the House of Israel upon the shores of the North American continent. Oh, he also identifies Manasha as yeah. the one that comes to America. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge dispute, and we can cover this on a future show, whether America is Ephraim or Manasseh. Uh, but uh, it really doesn't matter because both Ephraim and Manasseh wound up here in America, and they're also in Britain and parts of uh, well, the Anglo-Saxons are essentially uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, Hengist and Horsa. 
were the two leaders of uh, the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh who eventually migrated to Britain, and they're known as the Anglo-Saxons, <laughs> okay? So uh, the, the Anglo-Saxon invasion began with them and ultimately took over Britain from the original Celtic uh, Israelites uh, of Zarah, and Dan. All right, back to you. Yeah, and also, I also have I understood this, and also, and was able to say, America composing a much of Judah bloodlines because you are from Judah. Absolutely, uh, forty million ethnic Germans here in America. We're the second largest. Uh, we may be even exceeding the, uh, you know, particular Brits. You know, uh, if you count all the Irish, the Scotch, the Welsh, and the English. Uh, you know, as one group, they outnumber the Germans. But if you count them individually, the Germans are the largest ethnic group in America. Yeah, and I guess also this is a way for for our Heavenly Father Yahweh to protect uh, Judah. Yes. He knows Amen. what would happen to them. Amen. He knows. He scatter them abroad so he can protect his people. Amen. Yeah, and, and our Constitution protected us for a long time, but not anymore. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess also I have Jude elements here in Sweden because I found the insignia of the lions up here, up in, in Sweden as well. Yes. Uh, so, uh, herein will be found a clear answer to the question, is there a chosen people? Scriptural truth and the findings of historical research are presented which confirm the fact that God did indeed select a people to be his servants and his witnesses. Um, through whom he has determined to work to accomplish his foreordained purpose. Mm-hmm. Now let's see. I need to so I get to write. Okay, so I guess now is the introduction. Um, so as a nation, we must rediscover the sense of divine guidance that led our forefathers uh, to face every hardship with a courage born. Uh, of the assurance that God would pro- uh, prosper their undertakings. If we obey today. his laws, if we obey his laws, right? Back to you. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is the, that is the, this if in everything. Yes. Today, a spirit of fear prevails at <laughs> our end. Is he talking about 2021? <laughs> fear of COVID. Oh my God. The sky is falling. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid mm-hmm. of a coat. Or a yeah, flu. right. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Don't sneeze. <laughs> you might contaminate um. others. Oh, today, a spirit of fear prevails as our enemies rattle the sword and make mm. other um, threatening gestures in our direction. China. China is getting ready to invade America. Has anything okay. changed since these words were written politically? No, probably it's the same. Yeah. Um, this state of uh, perturbation will continue to dominate our national planning until we awaken to a realization of the national purpose in the plan of God that brought the great people of the United States of America into being. Amen. Uh, I mean, this is really eloquent stuff, folks. I mean, wow. I mean, it's right on the money. Yes, and this book, I guess, was it given out in the 50s? Uh, I think it was published in the 30s. Uh, or, uh, I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah, it's very spot on. Mm-hmm. Is there any way out of the present impasse? impasse? 
what will change prevailing conditions and bringing to the um, forefront leaders of spiritual statue and righteousness uh, convictors joined by a people who are willing and ready to face every uh, contingency that may suddenly confront us. The answer lies in the acknowledgement of our origin and destiny, and as a consequence, our responsibility as God's people. When we grasp this truth, we will be struck with the awe-inspiring fact that divine providence has intimately overshadowed our nation from its inception. When the knowledge of our origin causes us to be um, to become aware of our destiny as witnesses for God, as his people, we will gain the spiritual strength that will enable us to overcome all obstacles in the way of the attainment of the goal set before us. When finally we are aroused to the full acceptance of our governmental responsibilities, the propensity to compromise and appease will give way to firm determinations born of courage and confidence. Uh, we hope so. <laughs> yeah, I would say I want. I ask myself, where is that today? Yeah, yeah. They're all running, running and hiding away from COVID and other things, the Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Yeah, and the governments and all what you can yeah. find out. Yep. Uh, this will enable our government, go governing officials to implement to the fullest extent the establishments of justice, equity, and peace within our country's borders. Okay, yeah. I looked at the uh, publication date. This is the uh, 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 pu version published by Howard B. Rand in 1966, but I'm sure it was published before then uh, you know, by Cameron himself. But uh, I don't know if there's any other versions of that book available today. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Um, so, but this is not today, I guess, the last sentence here. That is not really. The governments are all usurped yeah. yes. by the trial bankers. So they will not do anything that's good yeah. for our way. Yeah, it's a very hopeful statement, but uh, this has not yet been realized. It may not ever be realized until the second coming. All right. So that's where we're at today. Back to you. Yeah, this book, The Covenant People, tells the story of the origin of the Anglo-Saxon Celtic peoples whose forefathers gathered at Mount Sinai and there were organized into a kingdom. The account of God's um, dealings with the kingdom, which was to become the, let's see, the kingdom of God upon the earth, um, comprised the a theme that threads its way throughout the entire scriptures. It began mm -hmm. as a, a rebellion in the day of Moses, swelling into a mighty stream as it um, coursed throughout centuries of history. And he said this, this what do you say, this mighty stream, yeah, the mighty stream of people, the biblical mm -hmm. word, I guess, peoples. Yes. So uh, uh, the Anglo-Saxons were present at Mount Sinai? Really? <laughs> they sure were. Genesis 21, 12. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Yeah, and that is Isaac as mm -hmm. our people. Amen. Uh, yeah, Isaac's sons. Notice the Jews never refer to that verse. 
because it can't be applied to them. That's right. None of them can be applied to them. Not the one that fulfills the prophecies of Isaac and Jacob. Amen. That's right. So, following a period of decline, it became a many-branched river flowing into modern times under names, which make no display of the uh, continuation of its di divinely appointed purpose. Nevertheless, the destiny of the nations, which are to be the nucleus of the kingdom of God upon the earth, is still divinely controlled and under righteous ruler administrating the affairs of state. The prophecy of Daniel will come to pass. So this is a verse from Daniel 7, 27. Quote, And the kingdom of dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. End okay. Quote. Yeah, now, of course, the Jews oppose this prophecy 100% and want to establish themselves as the dominion. And of course, that's what the Rothschilds have done with the United Nations. Okay, folks, that's because uh, there's another seed line, <laughs> another bloodline in Scripture as well. Those who hate our race, and that enmity was predicted in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Back to you. Mm -hmm. Yes, and they've been loyal to that that prophecy. Oh, yeah, if only our people would be as loyal to Yahweh as they are loyal to the devil. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's uh... okay. When we, the people of the United States of America, accept the fact of our origin, responsibility, and destiny as the Israel of God in the world today, the way out of our present. Um, predicaments will be according to the direction given through the prophet Isaiah. And this is then from Isaiah 54, 14, I think. And quote, in righteousness shall thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from uh, terror, for it shall not come near thee. End quote. Okay, if you are righteous, it will, will not. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're going to have an easy life, <laughs> right? But you will have strength in Yahweh and His Son Yahshua throughout your life if you obey His laws. Yes, and that will give us the strength to to come overcome those loose yeah. stuff we are in today, because people are crazy today. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, national righteousness, however, is a way of life based upon obedience um, to the commandments, statutes, and judgment of the law of the Lord, or Yahweh. Therefore, the prophet's admonishing expresses an urgent need. And this is from Isaiah 51, quote, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. And shew my people their transgressions, and the house of Jacob their sin. End quote. Mm -hmm. So, what is the great transgression of the sinful house of Jacob? Our forefathers stood before Mount Sinai and took an oath in the presence of the Lord at that time. He continued them, his kingdom people, and called upon them to administer his laws. And here we have from Exodus 19, 8. 
Quote, and all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken, we will do. But may I don't know today, I'm a bit maybe, maybe a bit negative about our people, mm-hmm. Eli. Yeah, it's hard hard not to be because the vast majority of white people are slaves to the uh, the, the great stupor, you know, the, the uh, flummoxing of the mind of just about everybody on the planet, with the exception of white nationalists and Christian identity people who understand who the Jews really are. Uh, our, our people have been you know, brainwashed uh, to an amazing, amazing extent. And uh, actually believe that uh, you know the United Nations is a governmental, official governmental body, and they obey their orders like uh, good soldiers, you know, snapping to attention and doing whatever the orders of the UN tell them to do. It's incredible. Or your local MD, you know, oh, you need a shot, really? Why? <laughs> it's crazy. The the great stupor of the apocalypse of Baruch has come upon us, folks. Absolutely. Back to you. Yes. So, our national transgression today is our failure to keep his vow to Mm. administer the law of the Lord and enforce it as the law of our land. Consequently, our sins have separated us from our God. Isaiah declared, so this is from Isaiah 59, 1 until 3, Quote, Behold, the Lord ha- Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered um, perver- perverseness. End quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me uh, do a couple of quotations from the um, Old Testament here in support of what you just read. Uh, Ezekiel uh, 36, 19. And I scattered them among the heathen, that is the Israelites, and they were dispersed through the countries according to their way and according to their doings. I judge them. Uh, Joel 3.2, I will also gather all nations, being, being the nations of Israel, and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, uh, Je- valley of judgment, and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. So this scattering, the dispersion of the Israelites is a major theme of Scripture, and it's not talking about Jews, folks. Absolutely not talking about Jews. All right. Okay. Thank you for that. Let's continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless we heard the call to return to national righteousness, now that our identity as God's people has been proclaimed, we shall perish. Throughout the prophet Isaiah, Ezekiel, sorry, an urgent message is addressed to us who are of the house of Israel. Uh, quote from Ezekiel 33, 10 until 11. Therefore, O those son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak, saying, if our transgressions and our sins be upon us, 
and we pine away in them. How should we then live? Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die? Mm-hmm. Oh, how well. End quote. So the people of our nation will be driven to their knees by coming events. And if they are to pray the prayer of Prophet Joel, line it out for them, word for word, they must first acknowledge that they are God's servants' people. Joel's instructions are, so this is from Joel 2.17, quote, Let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore, should they say among the people, where is their God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what people are saying about us in identity. Where's your God? <laughs> right? Why doesn't he spare you? Well, because we're being punished by him. Yeah, because he now, he uses, I guess, the, the Edomite Jews for, to punish us. Yes. Yes. You them because we have not been faithful. Amen. Yeah. And he's done this many times in the past. He used the Assyrians to punish Israel. Uh, he used the Babylonians to publish Judah. Okay. Because because we have not been faithful. And, and it's even worse than that, Michael, because the people of Judah and Israel would actually threaten to kill the prophets. Jeremiah, they wanted to kill him. Because he was telling the people, they're not being righteous to your father Yahweh. And they didn't want to hear it. So they actually wanted to kill Jeremiah and the other prophets as well. The prophets were always in danger of being killed by Israel. The the, the Israelites who were unfaithful. Yeah, isn't that also said that uh, that we will have our enemies within, within our own house? That's right. That's more them because they, they hate us because we tell them the truth. Amen. And and I wonder. I don't think. I don't. I think people they either don't think about it. This the prophets or anything. But the question is, would they recognize if they saw a prophet today? Because <laughs> the prophet would not tell them what to say. Itchy stuff that oh, COVID is a pro-, you know all this mm-hmm. this garbage that you hear. They will probably be pretty. Yeah, tell them how it is. And um, yeah. I don't think they will re- reverence the prophet. They will do the same as the uh, the old, the times when when the prophet Jeremiah and the prophesied against Judah. Because I guess the, the unrighteous king wanted to kill him because what yeah. he wrote in, in, in the book. And he burned up the books and then he came with a new, the same book again and made more to it. Yeah, their prophet is Dr. Fauci. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he predict sure. that uh, b- when uh, uh, Trump took office that uh, there would be a horrible uh, outbreak in 2020? <laughs> he-, he predicted that. And because it's a yeah. Yeah, right? Okay. So the prophet Malachi adds emphasis uh, to the gravity of the crisis facing God's people through the uh, prophecy uh, with which he closed his book. And yes, I said, yeah, they had foreknowledge, uh, Mm -hmm. Fauci. They know the plan beforehand. Oh, that's right. They have stepped it up. They have arranged it all so they have the right people on on their places, they think. But they have left out 
Yao in that equation. So I think they will also be surprised. Yeah, there's also a document by the Rockefellers called Operation Lockset, Lockset, which was published in 2010, which gives the uh, script by which the COVID lockdown occurred 10 years later. <laughs> right? They, it's all scripted, folks. It's yeah, all scripted. And they follow the script to the teeth. Amen. And if you put this to people, they will just say, I don't know, I don't know how they will react. They will probably call you a conspiracy theorist or whatever they call you because, yeah, they believe it's so good. That is, yeah. But it's not. It's not. Okay. So this is then a quote from Malachi 4 1. Um, quote For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud ye. And all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, said the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Very good. Now that is also to the bloodlines, I guess. Yes, for sure. Uh, following this, um, the one way out of proclaiming them. So, uh, this is also Malachi 4, 4 until 6, quote, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb, for all Israel, with the statutes and judgment. Behold, I will send you Eliah, that prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers. Least I come and smite the earth with, with a curse. End quote. Okay. So the alliance. Well, that's why the Judeo-Christians, they don't, they don't like that evil God, Yahweh, who punishes people, right? Often with death. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. No, leave us alone. We, we, we prefer to have the Rothschilds as our governance. Yeah, because they, they have, have falsely believed that this is the only being that, that is. That there is nothing more to it. Yes. So they have, um, I think they have a good time now, but I guess they have the reward now. And yeah. And then uh, how it will be afterward? I don't know. I'm not the one that judges them. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the Elijah message was to go out before the onset of the great and terrible day of the Lord. The significance of his association with Elijah, the prophet, is that the people are to be called to repent and restore the administration of the law of the Lord. As an integral part of this, Malachi made the statement that the sending of Eliab, the prophet, would be implemented by the dissemination of a messenger that would turn the hearts of the father, ancient Israel, to the children, modern Israel, and the hearts of the children, modern Israel, to their fathers, ancient Israel. Isn't it also that when we, I don't know, turn, turn the hearts to the children and, and this wise person, that we are turning our heart to our forefathers? If that was a way we are, I don't know, we are acknowledging them by, by right. doing this and tracing the lineage and tracing the lines, yes. what, what they did. 
only the Christian identity movement and, of course, to a great extent, the British-Israel movement and related movements. There have been many uh, you know, s- such movements uh, throughout history in America and Britain and you know, uh, associated countries. But uh, right now, the Christian identity movement is the only theology that uh, preaches the covenant message, okay? Uh, everybody else is basically, uh, you know, apostate, as Paul predicted. There would be a great apostasy in these end times. Back to you. Mm, yes. Um, this will be accomplished throughout uh, uh, promulgate, prom- promulgation of the, of the knowledge of their identity, stressing the responsibility of the children to keep the oath of their fathers who swore swore they would honor the terms of the covenant God made with them at Mount Sinai. Another call is therefore issued through Isaiah. So this is Isaiah 51, 1 until 2. Quote, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock, whence ye are heaven, and to the hole of the pit, whence uh, ye are digged. Look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah, that bear you, end quote. Okay, this is referring to Abraham and his loins and Sarah and her uh, womb in figurative yes. language. It's, ref- it's a reference to Abraham and Sarah. Back to you. May the facts of the modern identity of the Israel of God as set forth in this book, uh, bring home to all the necessity to awaken to spiritual values, inspiring a desire for an imminent return to the righteousness of the law of the Lord, so that our God may come and deliver us from our foes, and it may be well with us and with our posterity. Now, that there is no longer any reason why the Anglo-Saxon Celtic people should not recognize their identity as the covenant people of God. Um, severe pressure is being brought upon them, uh, according to the statement made by the Lord through Ezekiel, which is addressed to the house of Israel. And this is Ezekiel, let's see here, uh, Ezekiel 20, and then 37 until 38 and 44, and quote, uh, I will cause you to pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant, and I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgresses against me. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have wrought with you for my name's sake, end quote. Okay. This, but, yeah. Um, what I thought about isn't it also what's done with this COVID? It could also be an act of Yahweh when He is weeding out the the what do you say? He, among yeah, his people. The infidels, we, weeding out the uh, re- rebels who don't want to obey His laws. Yes, that yeah. runs with the world, and yeah, they they doesn't because uh, that shot I believe is mm-hmm. uh, is also yeah it's, it's adultery of the temple. Yes. Okay, now I just realized that this introduction was written by Howard B. Rand of Destiny Publishers. Howard B. Rand is another identity teacher who has been pretty much ignored. Uh, One of the reasons why is because Destiny Publishers only sells their, their material. They don't make anything available for free, 
which I really think they should. It would help. I think it would help with their sales by promoting at least certain booklets, you know, like this book here, right? They, they should promote it, but they don't. Back to you. Yeah, and I have some books from Howard B. Rand as well. Yes. Oh, he's an outstanding uh, identity author. Absolutely outstanding. He's not too seed line, but he gets really, really close, and he's a, a racial segregationist. Okay. Very important. Back to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's what was all this book was started up with. This, yes. The introduction. That's what was said there. Right. Now, now, William Cameron's name is not mentioned in the title, but from this point on, we are reading the words of William Cameron. Yes. Okay. So, this is then the first chapter. Is there a chosen people? Uh, chapter one. The textbook of this study is our oldest racial document, a library of 66 thin pamphlets to which is given the name of Bible. The thread which binds these five and a half dozen works in one is the story of a race and its special place and work in the world. In presenting this Bible, it is not required that you that you approach it with any theory as to its character as an inspired book. Inspiration is not an idea we bring to the Bible to give it an impressive supernatural standing. Inspiration is an idea we fetch away from the Bible after we have somewhat censored its unique essence. Yeah, when you read it with knowledge, the light, took, the light goes on. <laughs> Oh, my God, I have misunderstood the Bible my entire life. Dare I change to identity or covenant? the covenant message? Yeah, that's a big it, test. But yeah. If you have not been into uh, to searching out truth in every matter in your life, I think this is yeah. too hard to swallow. Right, it is. And uh, your, your wife, your, your, your spouse, your friends, your family may desert you and contend oh, yeah. with you. If you teach them the truth. Yeah, and that mm -hmm. is too hard for some people. Right, it is difficult. Yeah, so that could also be a, some for right. if, yeah. Okay, uh, no one can know that anything is inspired until it inspires him. Yes, the Bible is inspiring us. That is mm -hmm. the true inspiration in, in our life because that gives wisdom and it gives so much how to act, how to do, how, how it's, yeah, it, it tells everything. <laughs> As Pastor Steve used to say when he was on Eurofolk, I'm on fire <laughs> in that southern accent of his. We are on fire with the truth, with the word, with the scriptures, with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what we should be. And that is that is what this, what the scripture is. It is and it's so... It's so, when you read, read that and then you read other historical books, you see how our people has been in different mm -hmm. places, see the traces of us. That yes. is also magnificent to see that, yeah. um, that our traces. Amen. Thus, the Bible must remain an uninspired book to multitudes, regardless of their theory and creed, no matter how much they may profess to believe in its inspiration, because they have not experience its inspiration they pretend to yeah they Joel are. Osteen the great pretender okay and his ilk yeah. 
Yeah, I said. I thought. I think uh, the dear pastor written a book, the Great Impersonation. You're right. It is an inspiring book. Once once you understand who it's for and why. Yeah, and to get mm-hmm. there, as I there, I realized you need to do a lot of studying and maybe right. other stuff. Study to show thyself approved. When Paul wrote those words, he was not talking about pastors. He was talking about all Israelites. We all need to study scripture. Yes, and way to get there. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, to love truth. Otherwise, this will be too much. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's overwhelming, really, for people who have never heard this message before. Yes, it is. So, and it's get like, oh, you think you know it all? You think, oh, I know. And they will probably also call it all other kind of stuff. I can't be wrong. Exactly. No I way I can be wrong. It's like Israelites. And by the same token, the Bible is always being rediscovered as an inspired book because it's penetrating com- communicable livingness. It's continually being experienced afresh by old and new readers and by new generations. Well, it's interesting. Communicable livingness. I've never heard uh, those two words put together before. Even livingness is, uh, it's an, I don't even know if that's in the dictionary. But uh, communicable is usually used for disease, <laughs> right? Oh, no, there's a communicable disease going around called COVID, right? But livingness... Uh, yeah, well, it's the, uh, the tree of life, right? Uh, uh, those who lack this understanding of identity are not really alive. They're zombies, and they may go to church and have a, a, you know have fun, clap hands, sing songs, and, and dance and roll in the aisles. But that's just imitating the spirit. You know, from a human point of view, they really, and I totally agree with what Cameron is saying. You do not have the spirit. You may think you do, but you don't. Back to you. Yeah. That is true for most of the, or here in Sweden as well, the one that exists, they are, they are missing this point. They're missing the most important point. And that's too much to bear. They are, they are more Christian scientists today here in Sweden. Yes, right. And also, uh, I'm going to look up the verse, but uh, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. If you don't have the truth, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Back to you. Yes. If he doesn't look up truth in every matter, you, you don't have it. That's right. That's that's how a bit how I try to discern between us. When you discern between people, are they into truth in every way? Or is it, if they're not, then it's, um, then it's false. They don't have really the Holy Spirit because that is the, the spirit that will tell us everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, First uh, John four six, we are of God or Elohim. He th- he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God cannot hear us. Hereby know we the we oh hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error because we have the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh, Ephesians one thirteen, in whom ye also trusted after that ye had heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye have that believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? It's the Spirit in First uh, John 16, oh, sorry, John 16, 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall be he speak, and he will show you things 
to come. All right. And one more, John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send to unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, the Comforter is the Holy Spirit, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Okay? So if they're not testifying of the Father, Yahweh, the Son, Yahshua, and the Holy Spirit, Numa in the Greek, Shekinah glory in the Hebrew, actually Aramaic, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. You may have an emotional reaction to some preacher who pretends to have the Holy Spirit, but that's the extent of that. If you don't have the truth, you don't have anything. Back to you. Yeah, that's uh, that's also when you listen to some, when I listen to some Christians to listen this with the truth. When you say come to that, what does that mean to you? But they can't, they can't really tell it. Yeah. Because they think, oh, Jesus Christ is truth in all the way. Yeah, but what does it mean? Doesn't it mean that you should sort of truth in every way? Uh, no. Yeah. Ah. It's, uh, I don't know, then it's, and you know, it's, you don't get anywhere with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then there, you know, these churches, they go through this ritual called an altar call. A lot of them do it on television even. So, yeah, you know, come and accept Jesus into your heart and accept the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people uh, are moved by, uh, how should I put this, uh, false, uh, false intentions by making this altar call. They're just making a public demonstration of something because the, the pastor asked them to come uh, to, to the front of the, uh, you know, the auditorium. What are these people getting? You know, well, uh, sometimes the pastor will lay his hand on the people's forehead and they will fall backwards and there's a couple of guys there ready to catch that person, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, it's all staged, folks. That's staged that's stage worship. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and as, uh, as I read that Brother Herbert said, this message should be taught and learned just like English and math. Oh, how would that re- reverge and change our nation within yeah very fast yeah oh my that would yeah. be days that pageantry yes that's what it is it's pageantry <laughs> thanks spoiler right so okay hmm. let's continue so the bible labors under the this uh, advantage of being regarded as uh, primarily a religious book yet you go a long way in the Bible before coming upon anything that um, savors of religion. It beings with uh, geology and astronomy, uh, metrologic and biology, uh, anthropology and psychologic, all the materials of the physical and mental science, the mm-hmm. concept of time and space and motion of creative method and purpose and progress. It has far less theology than most people imagine. Mm-hmm. Of course, God is central, but God is not a religious character. Certainly, God is not an ecclesiastical character. I hope I said it right. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't rule over the Catholic Church or the Jewish Church or the Baptist Church. God is a spirit, and what did Jesus say? The kingdom is within you. Yeah. We are that temple. temple, yes. Yes. Um, the creating and sustaining God of the Bible and history appears as a sole um, competent personal, uh, personality. The one completely normal being 
en fait, quand même, on <rire> Normal <rire> Interesting. Ah, maybe not today, but I don't no, know. No, but he is the only one who's normal. And the, mm -hmm. the closer, closer we are to him, the more normal we can be. But... Oh, yeah. Of eternal wisdom, power and purpose, who upholds all things by his spirit. It is a thousand uh, pites. Pities, the... pities. Pity. Yeah, it's a very pitiful situation we're in. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that the inclusive thoughts of God should have suffered in man's mind by being mixed with an exclusive thought of religion. Very good. Religion, yeah. Religion appears in the Bible only after man's unnatural, sinful departure from God's natural naturalness. That is, religion appears as an emergency element, a rescue force brought in because of abnormal human breakdown. And when it fulfills its part in the work of restoration, it will disappear. The last New Testament uh, seer foresaw the distant future under the fi figure of heaven, and he wrote, this is then from Revelation 21-22, I saw no temple therein, end quote. Religion, as we know it, had fulfilled its purpose. The original plan of God had been uh, restored. There was only God and the people. Okay, to be very specific... He's speaking of the Levitical priesthood and the establishment of the ritual laws to bring about the redemption at the cross. That's what he's referring to as religion. That has been done away with. And at Pentecost in 33 AD, we regained the Holy Spirit. And so we should have, every Israelite has that spark within themselves. However... It's been suppressed. There's like a, um, uh, a shroud covering that spirit. It's called religion, <laughs> right? Modern religion, Judeo-Christianity has placed a shroud over that spirit, over that spark. They think they have it because they get an emotional charge when they hear a sermon by, by this pastor and that pastor. But that's the extent of it. They don't know who they are. No, that's the that's kind of the main. <laughs> yeah, it's so important. If it's you pity, it, it's pitiable. Yeah. A thousand pities is the expression he uses here. Yes, it is. It is because that's that's the same today. Nothing has changed. I guess it's been almost worse today, though. Yes, than what say. he wrote. Yeah, this is one of those books that is more true today than when it was written. Yes, so. Let's see now. Americans are a very old race. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And in the discussion of race, there is much careless talk. We speak of a, quote, superior race, end quote, in a boastful tone. The Gentile boast of his superiority over the Jew. The Jew over the Gentile. The Prussian in Germany over the Saxon. Boo. Oh, over the Swede. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, right. I know that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but Sweden. Swedes are da yeah. da Danish too, right? Yeah, the Danes don't, re don't realize. However, yeah, this is uh, tribal uh, comeuppance, uh, tribal pride. Yeah. 
Okay, we have mm-hmm. a lot of that. And the Israelites had a lot of that. They fought wars with each other because of that. Yeah, Miriam, me too. Yeah, Miriam rejected uh, Moses' wife because of that, even though she was a descendant of Abraham and Keturah. Now, okay, hmm, I am a descendant of Sarah. I am more important than you are. But nevertheless, they both had the same father, Abraham. Okay, nevertheless, there is this ethnic pride among our people. The Germans hate the Brits, the Brits hate the Germans, the Swedes hate the Danes, etc., etc. We have to overcome this tendency, folks. We have to overcome it. Yeah, but that's, I recognize this, you know, the Danes, yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> yeah. And we have been fighting wars also with each other. Each yeah. other. <laughs> we can start by having a drinking competition. Can the Germans outdrink the Irish? They are the same right. blood. Yeah, that's, there you go. I think it would be hard. It's Israelite blood running through all their veins. Back to you. Yeah. Uh, the price, uh, descendant of royal Persians over the various people of India. The Japanese, who have no idea of their own origin, over the Chinese, and so on. Well, the Japanese have a lot of uh, white blood, Japhetic blood. Okay, there's no doubt about that. But here, you know, the Parsi, who are the Parsi? The tenor of the Yeah, the Persians. And a Parsi is uh, is actually the language that the Germans brought to Europe because they were in, in Parthia. Okay, the Germans were a house of Judah uh, and plus several other tribes that lived in Parthia having uh, Judahite rulers over them. They are, in fact, the so-called wise men of the Bible. They were in Parthia, and the language they spoke was Par- Parsi. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, it's not the exact same, but name, the, the name of the people and their language are slightly different. I can't remember the name of the language. But this is where you get all this Germanic stuff uh, brought into Europe by the Germans because they, 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 they lived there for so long. They picked up this dialect, which is, in fact, folks, it's Hebrew. It's a it's a version of Hebrew, and uh, all kinds of proof that uh, that Hebrew and Germanic are totally related languages. You know, the the scholars put them in different categories because they falsely believe the Jews are Hebrews. Okay. So that because of this false belief, they categorized Germanic as an Indo-Aryan language and uh, Hebrew as a Semitic language. Well, there's no difference between Germans and Hebrews and Shemites. They're all the same people. It's the Jews who are on the outside pretending to be on the inside. Back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is also when you see the name, name the Parthians, the mm-hmm. similarity. Yes. Pharaoh. Right. Okay. So Ferris. Amen. That's interesting you should bring that up because uh, Zara Judah migrated to Britain and Ireland first, along with the tribe of Dan. They migrated across the Mediterranean Sea uh, before the Exodus. Okay. And they founded Rome, Carthage, uh, Britain, Spain, Gaul, okay, all these countries existed and were created by the tribe of Zara Judah, including Britain. And uh, Care Troy, London was once called Care Troy, 
which was founded by Zarajuda. Okay, they just migrated from Troy to Britain. And uh, they are the royal line of Britain, which uh, was a separate line from that of Pharez. Uh, uh, okay, Pharez, the brother of Zerah, went through the Exodus with Moses. Okay, Zerah did not. However, those two bloodlines were merged together several times throughout history. And uh, when King Lear married, um, I think it was uh, Tiatefi. I don't remember exactly which marriage it was. But anyway, the um, the house of Pharez finally remerged with the house of Zarajudah so that now the vast majority of kings and queens of Europe are descended from those two bloodlines. Back to you. Yeah, and wasn't that the daughter of Zedekiah? Yes. That left with... Uh, with yeah. um, and? With, uh, uh, I forgot the name now, but for that. Uh, yeah. And Skada as well. Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zedekiah had two daughters, uh, Tiatefi and Skada, and both of those migrated west from Egypt because they were uh, housed in Tapanis, Egypt, right after the uh, taking away of the house of Judah to Babylon. So they escaped with Jeremiah and Baruch. Baruch was Jeremiah's scribe. So, and they all migrated to Britain, uh, specifically to Ireland. Right uh, during the uh, occupation in Babylon of Judah, you know, by the Babylonians. Okay, so this planted the house of Zerah, I'm sorry, the house of Pharez into Ireland where Zerah Judah already lived and, and basically created Ireland. Okay, and then we also have the, uh, the scarlet thread, which is still on one of the flags of the Irish. Okay, it represents Zerah Judah. Okay, back to you. Yeah, because he was first out, but he, That's right. he changed his mind. I don't know what he did, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, Zara, yeah, uh, Zara was jealous of Pharez <laughs> because if you recall uh, the chapter in Genesis, uh, Zara stuck his hand out and uh, the nurse tied a red string around his wrist. That's where we get the red hand of, of, of Ulster from. But he pulled his hand back in and then... Pharaoh's came out first. His whole body came out first, and then Zara followed. So, um, what, what would you say? Uh, is Zara the older or the younger? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> right? I don't know, really. I don't know why uh, he changed his mind. Was it drawn back by, by uh, Ferris? Oh, I know. Ferris pulled his hand back <laughs> and pushed him away and was born first. I don't know. Yeah, that could be what happened. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I know that red, mm-hmm. the red thread around the arms. So that's right. Why you have the red yeah. On the, um, on the on in Ireland. So if you don't know this history, if you don't know biblical history, you cannot possibly understand the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we Americans are acu- accustomed to say that we are quote a new race, end quote. Englishmen insist that we are, quote, a new race, end quote, as if the branch that grows over the wall is not as old as the branch that hangs over the garden. Both branches are as old as the tree that, ha- that bears them. Their roots are the same. We Americans yeah. are as old as our roots. Yes. We are indeed a very old race much older than our American nation. Yeah, okay. 
Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I misspoke. I, I, I cited King Lear. King Lear uh, married uh, uh, one of the um, princes of uh, Ferris later on. This was much later. Uh, it was Yokide. Uh, Yokide uh, of Zara married uh, Teotafi of Ferris. Okay, thank you, Bavarian. Okay, back to you. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Older than the settlements in England, older than our first appearance in Europe, and never a, a barbarous or an enslaved race. The true effect of race knowledge is not to feed our vanity mm-hmm. uh, or rouse our boastfulness. Rather, it should arouse a, a profound sense of responsibility. Race has a great significance. Let's see now. Significance. No, it's hate. It's hatred. To love your race is hatred. Isn't that what we're being told? Yeah, but for everybody else, it's okay. Not yeah, us. exactly. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. why they, China and in India are... are are deleting all the traces of the Indo-Aryans, and uh, I guess also why much of the in Chinese the diggings they have they cover it up much. Mm-hmm. It's okay for blacks to have pride, <laughs> for Orientals to have pride, for Indians to have oh, uh, for Latinos to have pride, right? It's okay for them to have pride, but not for us. No, that's hypocrisy. Yep. That is total hypocrisy. Amen. But we we cannot be proud, and we can because yeah. And I said uh, uh, for the moral sanity and purpose of the individual, and that we see today about you can I can just when I walk sometimes around in in town in Sweden to see why can't the white man get a white girl? Mm-hmm. It's so it's so spread out now. I can't understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why is it so widespread? Yeah, liberal brainwashing. The Jews rule the world. Yeah. The Bible says, uh, the prince of the power of the air. Yeah, and, and okay. it's been working very, oh, very good. They control the airwaves and, and the airplanes, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm it how, the, how, how well it works, how well they have fostered this technology this uh, to brainwash people to, to commit suicide, basically. Mm-hmm. Without even firing a shot. Right, exactly. They have programmed us to commit. They've created this, uh, uh, what is it, the uh, white man's guilt, the guilt trip. Okay. How how many trillions have they spent on this guilt trip? Oh, many. Yeah, many trillions. Back to you. Crazy. Yeah, but they they have the power to create this money. So they can create yeah, because yes. as long as they can create money, they can create this guilt trip. Yeah, they are. And that's, mm-hmm. I guess, that's its essence. They must have read Art of War very, very meticulously to do yep. all this because they are acting accordingly. Amen. They are. So it's. I think that's also good. With outside of the Bible, um, of course, scriptures is the basic, but those books is also very fruitful to read to see their tactics because they are, you see them. Um, we should not speak uh, carelessly of race. It means too much. For example, Moses, as you will remember, started out to be uh, a reformer and failed because he, he used force as his method. Then he fled out of Egypt into the land of Midian. There, one day at a well, he um, uh, courteously helped some shepherds to water their flocks. Uh, uh, courteously. 
Uh, yeah, uh, the reason why that's hard to pronounce is because nobody practices courtesy anymore. <laughs> All right, everybody's uh, br- uh, uh, abrupt. Oh, like a New York minute, right? We've picked up the habits of the Jews. Yeah, uh, the task took them so much less than the usual amount of time that when they returned home, their father asked them, "Quote: How is it? Uh, ye are." Come so soon today, end quote. And they said, quote, an Egyptian drew water for us and watered the flock, end quote. Had these young women been corrected in their racial uh, deductions, it would have altered everything. Moses was not an Egyptian. Otherwise, he would never have become the great lawgiver and the leader of Israel and we would never have heard of him or of those girls at the watering well. Okay, so yes, this is extremely important because uh, words such as Egyptian and uh, uh, and others, uh, the word Gentile is the worst uh, one of all, but sometimes, uh, and Ruth the Moabitess, words are used in two senses, one as a racial term and sometimes as a territorial term, okay? But this is not true of Israel. Israel is a people, not a place. So that the people occupying the place that they call Israel is not Israel, folks. They are not the race of Israel. They have stolen our name and our heritage and now occupy a place called Israel. But they are not Israel. Period. Yes. So the... It's also yeah, it's important to say, as I said now, Moses was of Israel and the racial fact made mm-hmm. all the that's yeah. That's the important thing, yeah. So, again, these are labels, and sometimes we label people, you know, I'm an Illinoisan, you're a Swede, but we're both Israelites. That's the important thing. Yes, it is, but we are, we are located in different places. Right. Um, today, especially, we feel a revulsion against speaking of race at all. We dislike a drawing in invidious um, distinctions between people, as mm-hmm. some feel they must do if they open the subject of race. Many do not know how to discuss this fact except upon a formula of making other races down, and we see in other countries to what hideous conditions such a course can lead. But all of this simply indicates some basic lack of knowledge in our in ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. I lay it down as a rule that whenever the thought of race leads us to boastfulness or contempt, there is something false in it. Of course, as he said earlier, it's a responsibility to be an Israelite, a full, fully aware Israelite is a responsibility, and it must include brotherly love. But we have to know who our brothers are and stop making wars against them. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that the other one, are, they also have, we have to act respectfully towards them as well. Yes. Yeah. Because they are, they are also part of his creation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, all of this rivalry between the Israelite nations, which you know, they were subject to two world wars, and we're still being manipulated by the international Jew to fight against it. It's divide and conquer, folks. 
So, uh, and our own boastfulness plays into that divide and conquer tactic that the Jews use against us. It must be overcome with brotherly love. We must understand who we are and who our Israelite brothers are in the world. Uh, it's an absolutely mandatory uh, recognition of who we are. And unfortunately, religion, the Judeo-Christian religion, has been one of the greatest impediments to discovering who we are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, nevertheless, race is a great fact and cannot be evaded. It is here. Men belongs to various races, as trees belong to different varieties. The races are different, and they do fulfill different des- destinies. I'm not speaking of nationalities. National uh, divisions are largely artificial. They are constantly changing and with the increase of civilization will tend more and more to disappear. However, race is not artificial. It is a mm-hmm. basic natural fact. Take the Anglo-Saxon, for example, a distinct and easily distinguishable race. You will find Saxons who call themselves Germans or Bohemians in France. Frenchmen in Holland, Dutchmen in Northern Europe, Scandinavians in England, Britons, all belong to one race stream, but divided by national names and languages, yet um, touch them on the intrinsic racial nerve and their response to liberty, reverence, Uh, orderly social life and progress are everywhere the same. The same ancestral voices speak in them. Take the United States and Canada, two nations of one blood, who, before revolutions, were one nations. Do their national divisions really divide them in the things that matter, nor in the least? It's not if the, the least. Yeah, if the Bible and uh, who we are and uh, their awareness of the who we are came to play in their minds, but unfortunately, uh, it still is not the case that uh, Canadians, Americans, uh, British, Dutch, etc., the vast majority do not realize they are Israelites and have a responsibility to carry out God's plan. Yes. Okay, so I see we have about six minutes left. Uh, the Pilgrim's March of the Ages. Yeah, and let me just point out really quickly here when America was created, and there are a lot of people out there who are dissing the U.S. Constitution because it was supposedly uh, composed in secret. Well, it had to be because there were British spies everywhere, right? And the Masonic lodges that existed in the colonies were not controlled by the Rothschilds yet. That came later, okay? So they had to meet in secret, but nevertheless... The uh, the Constitution of the United States is nothing but a continuation of the Articles of Confederation, which already existed before the Revolutionary War. They just tried to combine the um, colonies with a central government for national defense purposes. It did not revoke the Bible in any way. The, The clause in the Constitution that says, no religious oaths applied to the fact that in Europe, as a Catholic, you had to take a religious oath to the Catholic Church. 
as a uh, uh, Protestant, you had to take a religious oath to King James, okay, of Britain, all right? So this is what they're talking about. It has nothing to do with other religions. There was only one religion in America, and that was Christianity, which is proven in our Constitution because Jews, blacks, and Indians were not considered to be citizens. It did not incorporate their religious values. It only incorporated the religious value we call Christianity. That was the only thing that was called religion in America in those days. Okay, just thought I'd clarify all that. Because yes. th- this was the attitude of the pilgrims. And by the way, the Bible they brought to America was the Geneva Bible, not the King James Bible. Back to you. Yeah, and I have one, I have one copy of that from uh, yeah. some publisher in America that gives out this uh, reprint of the Geneva Bible. Yes. So I, um, I don't remember the name on the site right now, but it was, it's a huge one. Yes, yeah. And, uh, and King James had, had the uh, quote-unquote authorized version uh, created in order to combat the Geneva Bible, because the Geneva Bible was a populist Bible of uh, Christians, white Christians, obviously, who uh, you know, opposed the divine right of kings, okay? That, namely, that uh, any king has the right to uh, dictate any terms to the people that he wants to. No, the Bible doesn't give that. Uh, the, the, uh, the king must obey Yahweh's laws just as much as the people do, should. Okay. Yeah, he should be higher than the people because yeah. he is the he is the one that people look towards. That's right. He should be. He should be more upright than the people, but very rarely is, is that the case. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. and the site I was referring to is greatsite.com. Oh, okay. What's what's that called? Greatsite.com. So they are rare biblical texts and also re- oh. republishing of Bibles. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, the Geneva Bible uh, is pretty much uh, commonly available. It's even on, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, what, what's the big uh, Amazon? It's even available on Amazon. So, but, uh, you know, I, I, I try to buy, when I buy online, I try to buy from the direct company and not go through Amazon. Um, it might even It might even cost a little more because Amazon gives discounts, you know. So I try to buy it direct. You know, whenever I find out who the publisher is, I'll go to the publisher, okay? So uh, we, we don't really have much time left, but maybe you can uh, describe for people, since you're in Sweden, h- how good the kings and queens of Sweden have been. You had some good ones, you had some bad ones. Yeah, that's the same with the, when the kings and queens, um, I would say before, um, when Carl um, Tolfte uh, Carlos the twelfth. When he was, he died. He was, uh, um, uh, he was one of the. They all those kings swear an oath uh, to not go into money lending, and that's mm. why also uh-huh. the, the Gust, uh, Gust, Gustav the third was murdered by the Freemasons. He was the first king to be murdered in murdered, and then his son Gustav the the fourth. Um, he they basically used a Freemason um, Freemason overthrow of him, and mm-hmm. he was he ran towards his lifeguard. There were Germans descent tried to get help from him, but they they, they took him. So um, the 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 bodyguard of the Swedish kings up to then were German. Hmm. They so were uh, Lord- okay, 
Yeah, we had briefly talked about the conflict between Sweden and Germany at one point. But uh, so that's at least proof that you did have one or two good kings in Sweden. Not, not too many, but one or two. Yeah, they, they have. We have had them, and also, of course, also bad of them. Of course, they oh, are yeah. never perfect. Never perfect. But right. to being murdered by the Freemasons tells something that he did mm-hmm. stuff or not like it. Yeah, just like the Archduke of Austria was murdered by the Freemasons. So uh, I wonder who who hired them, <laughs> right? This is the real. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So so this is the war. Again, Genesis 3, 14 and 15. The great enmity between the two seed lines, folks. The Bible is all about the covenant relationship between us, the Adamic race and him versus the devil and his people, the Jews. That's what the Bible is all about. If you don't realize that, you simply don't understand the Bible. Thanks for narrating again today, Michael. Take care. Yahweh bless everybody. Take care. Y'all bless all. Goodbye for now. Bye-bye. B-A-T-F-I-R-S